All right. Welcome into episode two of the Roger Spencer and this time Mick podcast. <laughs> Happy to have right. you guys in. We're back. We're back. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Happy to have Mick on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Uh, today we have a very different topic that we're going to be discussing from last time. Quite a range, huh? Uh huh. I mean, last time we talked about movies, film, TV shows, um, all that sort. And today we're taking a complete contrast over to defining success. Right, <laughs> Roger's so excited. It's, it's it's such a good topic. I, I love that. I love that us three are the ones having this conversation where we all met working a nine to five call center job. <laughs> That's right. We're all in very different places now, for sure. And I think success is like I was thinking about it this week, just trying to get my thoughts together, kind of brainstorm a little bit. And there's so many different ways to define success. So I guess just kind of throwing it out there so everyone who's listening can kind of get a baseline. I guess we could go around and how would you personally define success Mm. just to start? You start. I want to hear what you have to say. Man, it's, it's hard. It's, I think for me, like everything that I've kind of gone through and realized is that for me, I think success is um, finding joy and like fulfillment in the things that you're doing like every day. Mm. Um, And I think success, a lot of people, there's like quick fixes and like, how-to books and like get rich quick schemes. And, you know, I think you can find a version of success in that, but I think at the end of the day, success is, it's not bought, it's earned. It's not, you know, microwaved, it's, it's baked, you know, it's good way of putting it. It's, it's something that you have to work at, but it pays out in the end. Um, And not to say that you can't find success quickly or that it will take a long time. But for me, I think the things that I find fulfillment in are the things that I put time into and the things that pay me back with fulfillment. It's like stepping away from the get rich quick scheme, you know, right. Like you, it takes work, right. It takes the process, you know, and sometimes that work is quick, but it's a process. Right. Um, I feel like the first thing that comes to my mind is like organic. Like that's like the word that comes to my mind. So we overuse the word society. It, I think it's funny. People always, say, and I'm, I'm a version of that, right? Like overusing, oh, well, society tells you to do this or society tells you to do that. But I think we underestimate how much we understand what that means. Like, so organic in the sense of, are you following your path or are you following somebody else's path or okay. someone else that, or say your parents expect something of you or your friends or somebody else, are you following something because of them? That's what I'm curious about. So I feel like organic in the sense of, are you doing your own thing? Okay. Totally. I, I think I think the reason that that when somebody asks you this question, I, I mean, right off the bat, you're like, oh, that's such a hard question. I, I feel like the reason it's such a hard question is because it's different for every single person. Yeah. Right. Like like success is defined so different for for everyone. And and so like what what defines success for for Spencer or for Roger is going to be much different than than what what I define success as. You know, I I, I mean, I I think the bottom line for me is is success i all feel successful when uh, what i am doing makes me happy mm. like if, if i am happy instead of instead of putting am i successful ask myself am i happy and am i happy with where i'm at am i happy with the relationships that i'm building around me am i happy with the job that i'm doing and that and that in turn turns into that successful feeling like of that sense of accomplishment that makes sense so I, I, I feel like that's kind of a natural way to go. Like I'm successful if I'm happy. So I'm going to get a little deep here. Like what, what, what is your happy? Because if, if your success is based on your happiness, 
what is your happiness? How do you define happiness? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also like such a hard question. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, but, but I, I, I think, I, I think that, that happiness, I've always been the kind of person that, that views happiness as a, it's not something that you can accomplish. It's okay. some, it's something that, that, that you should, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to explain this. It's, it's more of the emotion of being in the moment okay. instead of like trying to achieve a goal. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, you're, if you're trying to achieve happiness, you'll never get there. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to be happy along the path, then you'll get to whatever makes you successful, whatever makes you feel accomplished in I your like life. That. Because, because you, you're, you're happy. That's, that you, you, it's the decision that you made going into it saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to have a good attitude about this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to live my life in happiness instead of living my life with, with contention and, and anxiety all the time and worrying about what other people think. You know? Have you ever listened to the Matthew McConaughey? It's like the famous speech that he gives at, um, I think it's at Texas. He gives like a like an alumni speech. I, I, I think I have actually, but I, I don't remember exactly what he So says. he talks about the difference between happiness and how a lot of people are in that state, which I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but how people strive for happiness rather than satisfaction. And he says, happiness is a result. So if I go out and I make $10,000 this week or tomorrow or this month, you're going to be happy because it's a result of what you've put in. Now, if you go and you find out you get a bill for $10,000, you're going to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. But if you go tomorrow and you do something that's worth satisfactory work or something that's going to help you be satisfied that you kind of look upon and you're like, there's value just in me doing this. So kind of what you're saying, almost the process of going towards happiness rather than saying, I want happiness. It's like, how about I be happy? but I strive for something better totally. or I strive for something more along the, more along the lines of like what I want rather than, Oh, well, this person posted that they're on a, a boat in Cabo. So that's happiness. It's like, is it though? Or is that what somebody's showing you? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. I think we're on the right track to like define success because I think I like what you said about happiness being a result. And I think a lot of things are results and people are chasing results instead of mm -hmm. like actual things. Um, and like, for, so like a lot of things that have brought me happiness in life are things that I used fulfillment, but I guess, um, what was the word you used that Matthew McConaughey said? Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Like yeah. Satisfaction, fulfillment. I yeah. think that's, that's what, how I kind of see happiness because it, it doesn't even have to generate a specific result for me. Like if, like one thing that I really like to do is like play board games. I like to, you know, go snowboarding. I like to spend time with people close to me. And those are all like activities that I can do. And there is an end result for that either. You know, we have a good time or I enjoy a game or it's fun to go snowboarding. But regardless of what the outcome is, I get fulfillment out of doing the activity. And the outcome is important, but it's not everything. It's a good point. It's almost something that I feel like those things to the world, or in this case, to society are mm -hmm. really micro, right? right? Like board games, for example. Society's never going to look at board games and say, oh, like that is success, you know? Right. But for you, if you can find time to not only learn new board games, maybe make one, play with friends and podcast about them, which you have been, mm -hmm. that is all creating a sense of fulfillment, which in return might be that happiness. Yeah. Or satisfaction. Know? Or that satisfaction. Right. How, however you want to word it, 
I feel like that's exactly the point you're making is it's almost like the small pieces are building the actual puzzle. Exactly. I love, I, I, I love when you say the small pieces are building the actual puzzle, like, and, and, and you were saying the process is, is more important than like the destination. In, in, in other words, like you hear people talk about that all the time. It's so hard to think that way. Right. But, but when you, when you start, when you start with that thought in mind, when, when you're going into a project, it seems a lot less daunting where in, in, instead of saying, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, make a hundred thousand dollars a year in five years, you know, like, yeah. like having that goal that kind of confines you instead mm-hmm. of saying, you know what, I'm going to work towards my financial goal, or I'm going to work towards this, this goal in the work that I do. Like me as, as a videographer, it's really daunting a lot of the time when, when, when I think of a whole video that I have to do. And in, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going through the process. Let me think about what I need to do today. Oh, I just need to pick yeah. a song. I need, I need to get the first minute done. I need to get the first cutting of, of all the images done. You know, Instead of a lot of the time, I fall into the same trap of, of viewing the whole thing as I'm so excited to get this video done as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then it's a very daunting, like I, I can't wait to get to that moment, but I need to realize that the happiness lies in, in the, the journey along the path to fulfilling that you know? exactly learning all the segments totally you know? well and i think like this podcast we're doing it because it gives us fulfillment yeah we, we like it we're not trying to make money we're not trying to like <laughs> do anything like that and i think i think that's another big thing is you know if you if, if we went into this wanting to make money or wanting to get famous or whatever it might be then we would be here for the wrong reasons especially with the t- kind of topics we want to cover like this um, because then we're trying to sell you something yeah but here we can be authentic because we don't have any other there's agenda. no agenda yeah, yeah totally there's no agenda. and it's so limiting and i think that's what allows us to talk about this it's not like oh man i hope i give enough good tips that people like this or share it you know because <laughs> that's not what this is about so well you know it's funny the human we have a human nature i feel like the three of us and many other people probably have it where you're never satisfied right i don't know if you remember so I, I served an LDS mission. I know you did as well. Mm-hmm. And when I got back, my first goal was be somewhat independent, right? Like be able to go and get my own groceries, pay my own rent. So really what that looks like in a dollar amount is like 15 an hour, right? Yeah. 14 an hour, 12 an hour, but budget well. And, sure. and ultimately, you know, we all started working at cricket um, yep. together and that's where it started. And I felt so good. Cause I was like, I have everything I need. I have saving money. I have spending money and I have bill money. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is once I had that, even though that's all I ever wanted, it was like, okay, well now how do I get to 50, More. you know, let's just say 50,000, yeah. you know? And then I guarantee, well, how do I get to a hundred now? And then once you get there, how do I get to two fifty? You know, it's just, it never stops. It's a human nature thing where we're never satisfied. Yeah. And I think there's a scene in wall street, money never sleeps where, the like peon employee he's talking to the the big shot banker and he's like you know what's your number man like what would it take for uh, you to walk away and he's like simple more uh, and like i think i think that's the trap that we can fall into sometimes yep. like the opposite like kind of along that's like a big scale but what you were saying you know what are you chasing like what is what are you setting yourself up for is success is success a number for you is it a position is it you know a status what is it yeah. And I think if you set all your chips in on something like that, then all your perceived happiness is dependent on whether or not you get that. And you miss out on all the moments along the way before the video is done. You're just wanting the video to be done. And that's the only thing that brings you happiness. 
well, if that's the only thing that brings you happiness, you're probably doing, you're probably not doing this for the right yeah, reasons. Yeah, that's, that's a good sure. point. Yeah, but I, 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 I like that, that you brought up, like you have to find, you have to find what motivates you. Like, like what is your goal? It's not about the goal, but mm-hmm. like you have to have that goal sure. in, in, in mind about where you're going. And it's totally fine. If I, I know a lot of people will, be, will, will say like, oh, your success is not defined by, by money. It's not defined by, by how many girls you get or how cool your car is or like any of that. I actually am, am of, of the mindset that it's totally fine if those things motivate you. Like, yeah. like if, if that's if that's what what is your goal, like if you do have a monetary goal, totally. Like if you want that 50 grand, if you want that 100 grand a year, if you want that million, like whatever it is, if that is your goal, then just as long as you're enjoying the journey while you get there, that's that's the important part. It, it doesn't matter what the goal is, but you, you, you just have to have that goal in, in, in mind the whole time. Well, I think it's funny. I, I don't know if I talk, I feel like I talked to one of you guys about this. But it's funny when we talk about like goals, it's always money oriented, right? So take take a vegan, for example. Mm-hmm. If you told a vegan that they would get paid $300,000 to work in a slaughterhouse, guarantee they would not do it. Because at the end of the day, now you're talking about your priority of life, not your priority of money. Your morals, your ethics. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So why don't we see that in regards of success, right? Why don't we see, well, do you actually enjoy waking up in the morning? Do you enjoy going to work, whether that's in your home now or at a location? Do you enjoy what you are doing for work? Do you feel a satisfaction or do you feel like you're putting something in for somebody else's reward? I think that's a curiosity that I I tend to try to ask myself as often as possible. And I'm no, nowhere near where I want to be, but I've taken strides, you know, I, we've all been in positions where we were not happy. I mean, we all worked in cricket member care (laughs) and though we enjoyed the atmosphere of friends, none of us wanted to work in a call center for the rest of our lives. That's true. So we had constant conversations of, well, what can we do next? And to be honest, none of it had anything to do with money. It was just, what do we want to achieve next in our goals in like the day-to-day stuff, not the reward of financial gain. Right. So, so I think that's a good way to kind of steer this conversation into that a little bit, because I think a lot of people listening to us and us ourselves, you know, we're not making X amount of money to where we can say, oh, we're happy. Mm-hmm. So I guess, how do we find success and like happiness and fulfillment in our daily lives? Because that's, the, that's honestly the realistic mm-hmm. thing that people should be trying to do, which will bring them that happiness instead of just saying, oh, well, if I make X amount of money, whenever then I'll be happy once I get that. I think that's what I want to know. What are your core values? Um, I think that's a great place to start. I like, yeah, like what do you live by? What do I live by? Um, wow, that's a good way. That's a good question. I think, I think the thing that for me gives me fulfillment is like feeling like I'm growing in whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing. And I think most of my frustration in life has come from moments when I feel like I can't grow or learn or progress. Um, Because like going back to kind of the journey before destination thing, you know, the journey is the growing, you know, the the destination is the result, but the journey is really what teaches you the lessons. It's not the end, you know, it's the, the process. And so I really like opportunities to learn and grow and change and improve um, and eventually that will get me somewhere where I want to go. But I think for me, focusing on that and remembering that has helped me appreciate all the like challenges, struggles, the things that go wrong, 
like all those things just kind of combine and like make you better, teach you more um, and ultimately like get you closer to that goal that you have. So that's kind of my, I guess my snapshot mindset about that. Cool. I think, I think I find a lot of happiness in helping other people find theirs as well and s- serving others. Like when, 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 when you first asked that question of, of like, what's, what's kind of your, your moral values or like, what do you live by? Like, I, I feel like a lot of the time I find myself being the most happy when I'm thinking about like my fiance and, mm-hmm. and, and thinking about, oh, what can I do for her today? And those like little things, or, or like I live with, with my sister and her fiance as well. And so like, I have a really cool opportunity. I kind of live with all of my family, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm about right. to get married as well. And that's, that's a really cool thing for me. But I, I, I also think about like, oh, they left some dishes in the sink. Like I can, I can do the dishes for them. Like I, I know it's going to make them happy. And it, it brings me a sense of fulfillment, like making other people happy as well. Because I, I know that it will bring them a little bit of joy, especially if they're having a bad day or, 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 or if something's going wrong, I can, I can relieve a little bit of that. I, I find myself doing that a lot and focusing on kind of the little moments in the day. And then they end up making my day as, as well. When I'm, when I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm, I'm going to do this little thing, or, or I'm going to find a way to, to, to help out my, my beautiful fiance, Rachel. I love you. Shout out to Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I, I think a lot of the time, I, I mean, even, even hanging out with you guys, I, I love my friends. Like Spencer's my my best guy, best man at my wedding. Let's go! And 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 it's it's so it's so awesome. I, I I feel very very happy around my friends when when we're doing things together and pushing each other to achieve to achieve those goals. Talking, having conversations like this, you know, are really really important. They make me happy. I like that a lot. It's funny because so Ken's and I had our anniversary trip in Oregon, and we we're driving home, and it, it kind of hit me in the face. Going along your point. Where I was like, I just looked at it and I was like, I think I, I talk way too much about myself when I talk to my friends and my family, like when I connect with people, I think I'm sharing way too much about my life and I'm not investing enough in theirs. And it's funny because to Mick's point, I find way more satisfaction when I'm hearing about them and not just like, oh, you know, how's your wife, how's your kids, how's your dog, but more like, how are you feeling? Like, how's your mindset? You know, how are you emotionally? you know, how's your mental health? How's your physical health? You know, how just talk to me on a deep level. And it's, and instantly I called Mick and we had a conversation and it's funny at the end of the conversation, Mick's like, dude, I feel bad. Like we only talked about me and we didn't talk about you. And I told him and he probably didn't understand. I was like, dude, that's exactly what I wanted. And, and then we hung up and it was such a good call for me because it, I felt that satisfaction of understanding my investment into somebody else not me trying to share so much about my life. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think like, and, and it's kind of interesting that that process kind of mirrors this because you can't just walk up to a person and be like, how's your mental health today? You know, because they're going to be like, <laughs> for what sure. are you talking about? You have to build that trust first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to go on that journey to get to the destination where you can talk about that, which starts a new journey to get to a new destination. And it's a, it's a cycle, but you know, I, I, I agree. I found a lot more fulfillment in listening to and helping other people. Yeah. And that has to come from a place where you don't expect anything in return. Like it has to be a genuine love for that person for it to work, um, which kind of goes back to success. You know, if success is motivated by the result, then it's not going to happen. Like yeah. you may achieve that result, but it won't bring you success mentally because you'll just set a new result. 
But I think if you have that mindset with someone that you actually love them, you actually care about them, you want what's best for them, you're there for them, then those things will generate success in that relationship and bring you fulfillment. Whereas not having those components will have a lack thereof. Well, because that's what genuine investment does. Right? Yeah. Um, I think it's funny, my, my two core values literally shape every decision I make. Um, so one of them is connection and the other one is empathy. Okay. So those are the two that I just, I try to think, and I, I fail so many times because we're human, but it's funny, like when I was on my mission, the biggest lesson I learned wasn't teaching anybody. It wasn't learning Dutch. Uh, this girl I was teaching, she looked me in the face year and a half in. So I'm like almost done. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we had something going on and she just looked at me and she said, Spencer, elder cook, Spencer, you're the most judgmental person I've ever met in my life. And it hit me to my core, not oh. in like a bad way. I was like, almost like, thank you. You know, like I needed that. Like a wake up call. Exactly. Because now I feel like I can, you know, honestly say, and I'm sure there are those times, but like 95, 96, 97% of the time, I feel like there's not a single person that goes by no matter what they do with their life that I instantly just judge them. You know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I try to keep an open book mainly because of that lesson I learned. And so that really taught me empathy, trying yeah. to understand what she's seeing, what she's feeling, what she's experiencing with me on the other end, but also connection, you know, us having this podcast, Mick and I going to dinner, you know, us reconnecting after years of not seeing each other. Yeah. That's what motivates me. That's deep. <laughs> no, no. Should we just end it? No, <laughs> no, let's keep going. Let's, let's stick deeper. I think, it's funny because uh, so I'm I'm working on my bachelor's degree right now, and for one of my classes, we had an assignment where we had to pick any person in the world and interview them, which was at first you're kind of like ah, oh. but then after a while I was like, you know, this is actually kind of a cool opportunity. So my favorite board game is called Vindication, and the company that makes it is called Orange Nebula, and I think they're a master class in building a community um, because they've built this community that's just incredible. So I picked one of the team members from Orange Nebula named Lacey, and I was able to interview and have a conversation with her. Um, and they're doing a podcast called The Outpost, and they they get into some really like deep and intimate topics, mm. which is kind of what I want to do with this too. You know, sometimes we'll talk about movies and what our favorites are, but sometimes we talk about, you know, real conversations like that. Um, and so, you know, she basically said that in the process of designing board games, like, there, she wants, she helps the team like stay on a specific theme. Mm-hmm. So the game Vindication is about redeeming your lost honor. And the story is that no matter where you are in life, you can always reset and come back. And so she said, you know, when they were first starting, they were like, that's a little deep. Like, you know, do you want to, are you okay with this? She's like, well, if it's not this deep, I don't want to do it. And so I kind of echo that. Like, if we're not going to go deep, like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, like, how awesome is it that someone like cared enough about you to tell you like, Hey, you're the most judgmental person I know. Like how many people around us would tell us things like that? No, if they felt comfortable enough, For sure. what would they tell us? Oh, if they were comfortable enough. Yeah. Like yeah. if you could get that yeah. relationship to the point where they feel comfortable telling you that, like, what could you learn about yourself? Totally. Right. I, I, I mean, I've, I've actually had a similar experience to, to Spencer. I, I had it back in my senior year of, of high school okay. where, where like I had a, an actual, um, like I had to check myself, you know, of, of, of wait, wait a second. I thought I was doing everything right here. And I, I had a friend, like, I, I don't, I don't know how well you knew this person that was on your mission that looked at you 
Like, had you been teaching them a long time or? For six months. For six months? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they, they knew you well. Yeah. And that's. That, and you're I, having intense conversations with that person about their life. And, and this was this was at dinner with like six other people. Oh my gosh, around. right. Like right, right in front of yeah, you. Yeah. See, my my experience was was like more one-on-one, but but I I had some of my closest friends that that I thought knew me to my soul. And I like I always thought that I I was always had the right intentions, but I I had I had a similar experience where, where somebody looked me in the eye, one of my close friends, and 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 was just like, hey man, like I just want you to know that. I know I, I've, I've been supporting you in a lot of these things. And, and like, when you complain about school, you complain about your friends and stuff, but like, you complain a lot, man. Like, are you not happy? Like, mm-hmm. like, is, is something, is something, is something going on? And, and I was like, wait a second. Are, are, I, I, I view myself as a pretty happy person. I'm, I'm not really a complainer. I, I don't see myself that way, but he was like, yeah, man, I think, I think out of anybody that I know you complain the most wow. in my life. Wow. And I, I, I was like taken aback. I was like, oh my goodness, I need to, I need to really look at myself and, and find a different way to show people like my life instead of just complaining all the time, right. which, is, which is how it went. And it was funny because right after that, like I, I graduated and nearly all of my friends, all of my best friends, the people that I was closest with all went on missions and I stayed home and just wasn't wasn't for me right and, sure. and that's that's actually when I got the job at cricket and for for two and a half years when I worked at cricket those were my growth years like you guys saw me yeah. from from the very beginning to mm-hmm. to growing through through those I I ser- I I think that those two years completely changed me right right after high school when when I was really looking at myself and spent time every day thinking about what can I do better what, what can I do to make people see me the way that I see me so that I'm not coming off in the wrong way? Because I, I felt like I always had good intentions, but it, it just wasn't coming off that way. So it, it, those moments are really, really powerful. And, I, and mm-hmm. I think the only reason I could even take that in was because I was so close to that person. Like they knew me, they had known me for years and they just looked me in the eye and like totally blew my mind. I would also say, don't be afraid to like, do the opposite, right? And it made me think of this because I did this with you where it was like probably a year and a half ago. I told Nick, I was like, I was like, dude, um, you're like way better of a person now. Like you're way more mature. And I remember Mick did not take it well at first. He kind of took it like, dude, screw you. But I think he understood like, you know what? Like that's a compliment, but it's a little bit more of like a deeper like compliment that you're not used to getting. You're not, you know, yeah. you're, you're used to getting the, dude, you look so good. Or like, you're so an Instagram beautiful, comment. you know, like an Instagram comment. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. But in that case, I was just like, I wanted Mick to know that he's come a long way. And for him, he's like, what do you mean come a long way? But I think he thought about it. And then he was like, you know what, like I have, you know, I've grown a lot. And it wasn't to say that he was bad or anything. Cause he wasn't like, no, Mick, yeah. Mick was I, I remember that conversation yeah. actually. And, and, and I do remember like being taken aback for a second. And then I was like, wait a second, this actually just shows that, that like what I've been doing for the last two years where, where I was just working on myself every single day, that drive to cricket, the, the, the people who are listening to this don't know, but I, I live, I don't even know if you know Utah, but I lived in West Jordan and worked out in Spanish Fork. And for anybody that doesn't know, that is an hour long drive to work every day. And then you have an hour back every single day. And during those, that, that hour there and that hour back, I was always listening to, to self-development podcasts, always listening to people that I 
felt motivated by. And then when I got to work, I was sitting with, with, with two of my best friends and, and you, you both were great influences on me. And like, I was just such a young, naive kid. I was 18 and like just growing up, you know, just trying to, trying to figure my way through life. And, and that, that conversation actually meant a lot to me when, when, when you looked me in the eye and you're like, yeah, I actually, you've grown up a lot since I first met you. And I was like, good. That's a, that's a very, very good thing. Well, I think that's success. Yeah. Right. You know, that's, that's the definition, that's it. but it takes work and time and like all the things that people don't want to do to get success. That's why they buy these books and they're like, how can I get rich quick? Or how can I find success? Or how can I get a million followers or whatever it is? How can like, I lose 50 pounds yeah. in two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't, you yeah. can't, you can't. It's a process. It's a process. Totally. There we uh, go. So I think something that I've recently going off of like, you know, realizing things and making changes in your life. Cause I think I think that's a huge part of success. You know, I don't think you can be successful by being the same person you were when you started whatever journey you're on. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, obviously this last year and like even this last week, there's like so many changes in the world, you know, racism, like violence, like hatred, you know, the the thing that happened in Atlanta, you know, eight, yeah. eight, eight yeah. female Asian women murdered. Absolutely. And I think, I think this whole process has helped me like look at my like privilege and my, you know, bias and my, you know, my racist tendencies that I have and has made me like, given me a, an opportunity to like change and like try to be better. Like, because I mean, we're all white, you know, yeah. we all have that privilege, you know? And I think for me, like one of the biggest successes that I found recently is like looking back on how I used to act and, and think and talk and to like how I, I'm trying to do better. I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. Um, but that's something that, you know, especially talking with my wife, who's Hispanic, you know, that's something that she's pointed out a lot of things in me and says like, Hey, you know, you have this to work on or Hey, you do this sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like that's not okay. And like, for me, I'm like super grateful that she feels like she can tell me those things and I'm trying to be better in that aspect. Um, but that's definitely something that I'm working on that I see as you know, success for me. Like I want to be at a place where I don't have any kind of, you know, bias or racism or, or prejudice or anything like that in me. And that's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to like realize, you know, the, the way I grew up, like the mindset I've had, I need to change it. Especially when I've had it my whole life, you know, yeah. sometimes there's habits that you pick up and you change it, but this is like something that I was not raised with, but was, I grew up with, I guess. Is growing up in that quote unquote society, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, growing up in the, you know, early 2000s, you know, late 90s, early 2000s into 2010, we never talked about racism. No. Right? We never talked about segregation or anything like that. Um, I do think it's interesting right now. Um, it's funny because this sparked from a, a conversation I had with a family member, um, how much we prioritize things that we have no idea about right yeah. like to be honest I prioritize my my connections with my family and the people who are close to me because I feel like I learn from that mm -hmm. I know them like they're it's almost like a you think of intangible tangible I almost consider my my friend my close friends and my families or my family as like a tangible thing while politics honestly for me religion and even like to a certain extent race like those are, those are things that are so like complex, you know, I don't want to say a wrong word, but they're so complex and there are things we can control, right? So if we talk about politics, 
be balanced, right? Seek to understand, not to seek to argue. If we're talking about racism, understand where you're from and how you grew up and understand like where the world is at. And, and what needs to change. And what needs to change. Understand mm -hmm. what you're in control of changing, right? And then if you think about religion, hey, think that there are 8 billion people in this world, you know, and there are so many religions, not everybody's going to agree with you, but try and find similarities, right? Isn't that the purpose? Or just respect other people. Like, yeah, I have a religion, you have a religion. Like, you know, I am a race, you're a race, I'm a gender, you're a gender. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, I think part of the problem is that so many people are trying to change other people and change other things to fit with how they see the world. And it's okay to be different. Like, you know, being different is a beautiful thing. And I think that wrong mindset is where all the problems come from. Um, because, you know, Black Lives Matter, Asian Lives Matter, like all these things, like it's all stemming from someone saying, you know, the world isn't how I want it. So mm. things need to change to fit me. When the right response is, how can I like help other people feel happy and fulfilled and find success in the world? Um, fulfillment by through their own choices you know as long as it doesn't hurt anyone but I totally agree I, I I think there's so much focus in in the world on what can you do for me yeah just always and and that there's that's such a foundation in in why there's so many things going wrong right now is is, is I our society has gone deeper and deeper on both sides of the table left right like like everybody's in this what can you do for me because i'm i'm the only one that matters and i'm 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 the the this this is me and this is who i am and you can do nothing to change me and i'm i'm gonna do nothing but try and change you <laughs> but but i i think the more that we seek to understand others and and enjoy the process and 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 enjoy learning what makes other people different and and letting that be amazing and beautiful you yeah, know yeah. just 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 letting that be instead of instead of trying to change one another you know of course when there's something wrong you you, you need to call it out but but I, I think the foundation of everybody's minds when you're having these really intricate like complicated conversations needs to be what like how can we connect yeah. how, how how can I understand what yeah. you're going through and how can you understand who I am and what I'm going through and it, when you're leading with that, things are way, way better. Well, I think it's interesting because you, you made a good point when you said when people see something wrong, like they tend to call people out or they tend to say something or they tend to, you know, I guess in our day and age, they tend to post something on social media. <laughs> sure. When I think in reality, if we're reverse engineering it from the solution, the solution is you acting in your control. So you posting about it on social media it's not really you finding a solution. That's you telling somebody your opinion, right? So if I'm, let's just say, I, because politically, I consider myself completely in the middle. I'm pretty independent. I just kind of see both sides. Sure. Um, but I will say, let's just take a matter. Let's take Black Lives Matter, right? I think it's very easy for people to go voice their opinions on social media. And then it's another thing when they go act on it, right? Are you, are you actually playing an active role in the communities? Yeah. Are you, are you donating to actual causes that you have researched yourself, not from a media article? You know, these things that I think people go right to the surface because it looks good to people. Right. Um, and I think 
like some of these issues are so polarizing that and, and I'm not and I don't think you're saying like don't post on social media about this no, stuff. Right. Um, but uh, I think I think you're right. Like the ultimate the ultimate act of engaging and like proactively participating in something that is making changes and for good is the best thing you can do. Yeah. And sure, like, you know, I think it's great to post that you support these things. And especially like with what happened in Atlanta and in Atlanta this week, you know, people are posting about yeah. it and showing their outrage because it is outrageous. For sure. Um, and it's hard, it's like one thing I've struggled with is like, how can I like help, you know, because I do want to act and yeah. like make changes. Um, and I'm not very active on social media. So, you know, I'll, I'll post some things sometimes, but for me, like, I think it's hard to sometimes figure out how I can actually make a difference because I feel so limited, you know? It's well, how do you, how do you balance that? Right. I, I can't, I mean, I can, but it's not socially acceptable for me to walk up to, let's say in this case, because of Atlanta to any Asian American or Asian descent and say, Hey man, like, I'm sorry about what happened. Cause they might have zero connection to that. Right. Yeah. And that actually might be racist for me to even look at them and think that there is a connection, but with my intentions of just saying, I just want to be here. You know, I just want to connect. I just want, I just want, you to know, I support everyone. It's like, what do you do in a human factor rather than uh, online presence? Yeah. You know, because I agree with you. And the reason why I brought up the kind of the finding a result in action rather than, I guess, in a sense of posting on social media is because I do have family members who do not voice their opinions. They voice the articles and media footage of what they believe in. So instead of me hearing from them, I'm hearing about these articles. So if, they, if they shared their actual opinions and they voiced them, right? Like it was them, not something they share and then a little comment, mm -hmm. then I feel like there would be a lot more connection to my understanding. Yeah. Sorry, I went off on a little tangent, but. No, no, I think this is good. Um, I think it's, I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of, at least from what I've seen on social media, it's a lot of people posting other people's opinions. Yeah. Um, whether they're, you know, regardless of the opinion and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's hard to have conversations like this through that type of interaction. And that's, I think this type of conversation and this type of interaction is what needs to happen to make the changes. Um, so I guess for me, I need to put myself in a position to have these kinds of conversations where changes can happen. Yeah. And I'd love to bring people on the podcast and who actually have experience in this stuff to talk about it. Totally. You Instead know. of three white guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how presumptuous kind of are we to talk? I mean, not, I think it's good to have, like, bring this up, but I think, you know, I'm not qualified to talk about this. No, no, that's how sure. I, none of us are. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can just say what our personal experience is and, and what, what our mindset is about it, right or wrong. And, mm -hmm. and however that is going to be perceived, but in, until, until you sit down and you have those conversations with the people that are really being affected by these issues, it's really, really hard. I, I mean, we, these are all very, very complicated issues, you know, right. and, and like, like, who are we to, to, to say <laughs> exactly what what's going on when we have when we have no clue yeah you know what i respect about this though is because we are completely underqualified i'll tell you that right now <laughs> yeah but we're, sure. we're also very open of sharing our genuine opinions yeah it's very easy to go on on facebook for example and post a picture of me bringing lunch to a homeless person rather than me having a conversation with them and never posting about it 
right? Because what right. goes further for that person? Yeah, they get money for a, you know, a day or two, but the conversation of them knowing that somebody cares enough about them to actually stop and talk to them, and then you do not post it, that feels good for them and it feels good for you. But it's easier for us to go on there and be like, guys, look, you know, I rallied with this or I rallied with this, you know, just to kind of go with social norm. And whether that's on any party, right? Whether you're on the right or left in the political sense or whether you're in a religious sense, Christian or you're atheist or whatever it might be. I feel like so many people, myself included, I'm very guilty, but we go to social norms and we post according to what is trending rather than what we actually feel. And so I genuinely appreciate you know, having this conversation because I feel like we're being extremely honest with each other. Yeah, I, I think like wrapping this back to success and, and, yeah. and happiness, like having these conversations with, with the people who have been affected it, it, with things like what happened in Atlanta, Atlanta and all of, the, all of the things that happened with, with um, Black Lives Matter and George and, Floyd and, and, and African Americans last yeah. year and, and, mm -hmm. and are still happening day in and day out, yeah. you know, like having these conversations with the people who, who it is affected by and trying our best to bring a, a sense of community and, a, and, and trying our best to, to, to show our support is, is helping those people in need feel a little bit more close to, to, being successful to being happy themselves you know because right now they don't feel that way or that's what we're hearing you know yeah. especially when when things like this happen yeah and i think one of the kind of realizations that i've made which is like enabling and limiting at the same time is like i can only change myself yeah you know and i can only affect my sphere of influence so i think I tend to like shy away from confrontation. I'm not a very confrontational person. And so when something comes up that makes me uncomfortable, I tend to just be quiet. But what I've been realizing more and more is like, I don't have that luxury anymore. If I really actually care about these issues and the people that are affected by them, I do, like, that's what privilege is, right? Yeah. You know, as a, per, as a white person, as a white man, I can just not say anything. And it's, it doesn't affect me, honestly. But if I actually do truly care, I need to speak up and I need to act and I need to like make that change within my sphere of influence. And I think it's scary for me for sure, because, you know, a lot of, like you said, with your family, you know, it, a lot of the, the things come from family members or people that you've grown up with and that community, because, you know, those people, you, you've known them for a long time. Yeah. So you feel like that trust that, that I know you, but then like when you find out what their opinions are and that, you know, if you find out any people like that are racist or, or things like that, it, it makes it really hard to be able to stand up to that person and be like, hey, I've known you for 20 years, but I'm not gonna tolerate that kind of talk or behavior yeah. or, or things like that, like or treatment of people. And so like, that's like being vulnerable, like that's been a struggle for me. And like, but I have, I can't, I can't afford to not act and like speak up anymore. That's what I've kind of realized. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it it's like, what do you prioritize? We go back to success, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in that circumstance, which is exactly the way I feel, do I prioritize my connection with this family member, this friend, this- Your comfort level. You know, this person, yeah, my comfort level, like- Do yeah, I- Your own pride. What do I, yeah. what do I prioritize? Or do I prioritize equality? 
You know, do I prioritize social justice? Do I prioritize, you know, like a good future for <coughs> my family or for myself or for my loved ones, you know, whoever it might be. And that's a very hard conversation. But I feel like once you kind of fully get behind, okay, I prioritize equality over my connection with this person, even though my connection with this person goes back 20, 30, 40 years, I, I don't respect the way that they act on this. So I'm willing to talk to them about it mm -hmm. because now the priority levels, once again, I'm doing this from the last podcast, but the priority levels are now flip-flopped right. where before you were so much in line with this connection rather than equality, even though you felt this love or and desire or, values. or morals or whatever it yeah, might be. Yeah. But now you felt so much of a pride and I guess belief in that thing that I feel like that builds confidence to talking to somebody if you see them being out of line, you know? Right. So that's a complex situation. Yeah, there's a lot of feelings to unpack there for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think also with everything that's happened, like there's not really a gray area anymore. Like you, you have to take a side. Yeah. Like, the extreme to which you take that side is, you know, there's, there's room there, but you can't be in the middle anymore. You can't choose to ignore racism yep. and also choose to ignore, you know, human rights movements. Like you can't, you can't do both. Like you have either you're going to be okay with one and like passively let it happen while you pretend, or you're going to like stand up for something. And I think that's something that I've been trying to change. And I think, I think honestly, like it's made me a better person. Like, I think I've honestly like going, kind of going back to success and fulfillment like I feel a lot more fulfilled, even though it's harder, probably because it's harder, you know, trying to make those changes. Hmm. Um, and I think ultimately with like coming back to success and like what we were talking about, I think it's, I mean, that's the hard work. That's the two years of working on yourself that leads to that fulfillment. And so like, that's, this is, this is my, like, I guess, burden right now that I'm working on is trying to spend time on myself to fix myself because I have flaws and there are things I need to work on. Yeah, I appreciate being vulnerable, man. Yeah, like, I like that. I mean, to be honest, if you don't know Roger, he's like one of the most composed people you'll ever meet. <laughs> if you have a conversation with him, you could be so excited, but his excitement's like 10 times better because it's composed. But <laughs> I feel like kind of wrapping that, it's, it's funny because I like kind of where we went. We went from what do you define success? And it kind of seemed more like monetary conversation. And then we went into kind of values and then we went into kind of like equal rights, you know, 2020 essentially and what it brought forth with, you know, social justice and whatnot. I almost bring all of that work, religion, connections, everything to two phrases. One, you know, you'd, re you'd honestly regret um, not doing it way more than you regret doing it. So if you're thinking about doing something, think how much you'll regret not doing it down the road than actually like just doing it. And another one, which is funny, I, a, a girl who worked at the gym in Bountiful told me this. She said, if it's not a definite yes, it's a definite no. So if you're kind of thinking, oh, I, I think I want to do this. It's not a definite yes. Don't, don't do it, you know? Or if you're trying to talk yourself out of it, you know, then do it. You know, ultimately you're, you know what you want. You're just, you're looking for validation from one side or another. But those, I feel like with everything we talked about, those are two kind of things that I feel like 
can point you in the right direction, whether that's with equality conversations, social justice conversations, work, a relationship, anything. You know, honestly, at the end of the day, you'd probably regret not doing it way more than doing it. So just figure out what that action is. Yeah, I like that. I think like going back to like, so for work right now, I'm working my, the degree I'm working on is industrial psychology, which is basically applying psychology to the workplace to make it better. And the thing that fascinates me is like culture, mm. you know, cultures that, you know, and I think we were all part of one at Cricket, at least at the beginning when we started the call center, like the culture we had there was contagious it was infectious it was it was, it was awesome like every, I, I, I know earlier we were saying that 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 we weren't happy with a call center job but i will say like give cricket its props like if, well, if, give if us there's the props. oh yeah give us the props because we created we created <laughs> yeah. the culture right but yeah. if, but if there if there was like one awesome call center to work at, <laughs> it was cricket back then when, yeah, when we when we started well and i think the reason it changed was because the culture deteriorated like the people who who were the foundation for that left or you know, things change to stifle that. But I think, you know, have it like, so for me, like working on a degree, like I, I got a job recently in HR for a company that's gonna get me experience there. And I'm finding like so much fulfillment out of this job. Like I wake up every morning, I'm excited to go in there, you know, and, and a lot of it is like paperwork and spreadsheets and reports and, you know, calling people to recruit and things like that. But, you know, and, and in the moment that stuff's not always fun, but like, I think because I'm so enjoying the process and what I'm learning, like that stuff has been like elevated for me. And I go to work, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like actually excited to go to work. Like it has a, it's been a long time since I had that feeling. And so that's kind of like how I know I'm on the right path because the fulfillment is happening right now, even though there's tough moments. And I think that's like, for me, if you don't feel that going to work, like you need to do an evaluation on yourself and figure out like, how can I make changes to get on the path that brings me that fulfillment? Yeah. Because if you don't have it now, you, you're probably not going to get it without changing something. Because you might be in the work you want to be in, but you might just need to tweak something. Mm -hmm. right? So many people think, if I'm not feeling that, then I'm not at the right job or in the right industry. When in reality, you might just need to tweak something. Yeah. Right. You might just need to change something. Maybe it's the company you're working for. Yeah, exactly. The boss you have. Yeah, or stay in that industry, but change companies. Yeah. Or, um are any of you guys on clubhouse no no it's kind of like the social media for podcasting almost okay um one thing i will say i don't know if you guys get the youtube red or youtube premium ads all the time you're on youtube mm -hmm. i find it the most it's like the most annoying thing you haven't bought it yet no just i think he did though. hey i i i got it like free with my google play subscription because right. i used to have an android and and honestly from, from a guy who watches YouTube all the time, it is the best decision ever. I'm not even lying. Unpaid no ads, for dude, no Unpaid ads. advertising. This podcast is not sponsored by Google. So YouTube yeah. as as a, an analogy, okay? Because they're very annoying with it, but Clubhouse does the same thing where it'll send you notifications every day of a new room. Because what it is, it's speakers who are in a room talking about a subject. Okay. And you'll get notifications like, hey, like here's this, how to enjoy your work, or here's this, how to become an influencer, whatever it might be. And I finally decided to listen to one this morning. I was like, okay, I'm so sick of these notifications that I put one on. I was like, your advertising worked. But the one thing I took from this woman who was a CEO, um, and I loved it. She said, she said, never hire for experience. She's like, don't you, don't ever hire for experience. She's like, hire for attitude. 
Yeah, no. And as, as doing recruiting right now for my job, like there's like my mindset, which I've been learning from, you know, the person that I'm working with who's training me, but also just in life, like always get the people who have the things you can't teach. You know, you can't teach attitude. You can't teach work ethic. You can't teach, you know, personality. Like you can teach a skill. You can teach like a process, but you can't teach that. You know, if you want someone who's going to be really personable, you can't hire someone who can do all the math and stuff. But when you put them in front of someone, they, they melt, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so, that's so good. I totally agree. I, I actually think that's, that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest reason why I'm in the position that I'm in right now. I, I, I mean, you two have left cricket. We, we said, we said earlier that we're all in very different places. Yes. I'm still technically at cricket. I no longer work at the call center, but I work a very different job at cricket. And I went through nine interviews <laughs> in order to get Damn. the job that I'm in right now. And, and honestly, I, there was a lot of people, some friends of mine that, that interviewed for the same exact position that I, I mean, looking at it objectively may have had more experience, but I, I think my personality show, showed through a lot more in my interviews. And that's, that's, I, I feel like that's the only reason why I got the job is, is because I didn't have a lot of experience in the sales field that I'm in now. I, had, I just had the call center experience, which mm -hmm. tons of other people who were interviewing also had, and sometimes if not more. Right. So, and, and it's, it's all about those intangibles. They, they, they notice the work ethic. They notice the attitude. Mm -hmm. They notice the, the enjoyment of, of, of life and, and wanting, wanting to feel fulfilled where I don't, I don't necessarily know how those people interviewed, but I, I feel like I had that one up in just showing them, like, I'm the kind of person that's, that, that's just the go lucky kind of guy, you know, that the really happy, fun, contagious kind of guy. And, they, they were looking for it that day, I feel like, when, when, when I interviewed. So I, I, think, I think a lot of, of I, I just totally agree with you, to, to be honest. I, there's so much that you can't teach, and that's so much more important than years of experience. Well, we've been using cricket as an example, and I feel like so many people can relate because we live in a day and age where people ages, you know, 18 to you know, 35, you know, they, they work in call centers and they work at, you know, in customer a, in a, service, customer retail. service, retail, you know, um, hotels, what you name it. And I feel like in the example of cricket and I'm completely assuming, cause I left a while ago, but I feel like they went downhill in that culture that you were talking about because they started focusing so much more on experience than on attitude or on personalities. Because when we were there, I remember we'd, we'd go to colleges. I mean, a supervisor and myself, we'd walk to colleges and we'd walk up right to people that we saw with a demeanor and an energy that we loved, we needed. And we literally just went up and said, dude, do you want do you want a job? Because we love your energy. And most times I'd say nine times out of 10, they'd say, yeah, I'm looking for one. And then we bring them on. And now all that does is amplify the entire culture where now I feel like they shifted towards let's bring people on with 10 years call center experience or 10 years customer service experience, five years of this, while we were taking people who are maybe just graduated one year into college, maybe, and we we're just saying we like their energy. So let's bring them on and let's teach them those things that everybody else might have, but no one else will have this type of energy. And I feel like that's where the shift happened, at least if we're talking about that example. And I'm sure people have seen it in their own jobs. Yeah. And I think, you know, the 10 year call experience per the call, 10 year call center experience person 
has probably worked at three or four call centers. They're just jumping around to get something new because they're sick of doing the same thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. they're not going to change your culture. Yeah, that's a good There's point. a reason they're looking for a new job because they don't believe in their old job. That's a good point. I heard that this week. You know, if you're looking for a new job, it's because you didn't believe in your old one. You know, so it's like, if you want to change a culture, like if you want to be successful, you know, you can't, you can't do it somewhere that you don't believe in. Yeah. And you can't do it with people that you don't believe in. Well, going off of that, I think it's very mature and very smart to be the person to say, okay, so I didn't believe in my boss. So how can I be that boss that somebody else believes in? Right. So whatever you did not believe in, in your previous position, how can you create or develop, you know, different characteristics to be that, you know, or to create that? Yeah. I, I think that's, I, I think that brings up an interesting conversation in like success and like work and that, that kind of zone where, where you brought up like your boss. And, and I know, I know all three of us share, share the experience of, of like having a great boss changes your entire, <laughs> your entire work life. It, it, it is just absolutely life-changing when you have a boss that understands you or a supervisor or a mentor, whatever that is, if you're not working a regular job, somebody who understands what's your, what you're going through and can push you forward instead of somebody who feels like they're better than you because they're in a higher position than you. I feel like we both, all, all of us have had experience with both kinds of, of those bosses or those supervisors, those oh, mentors. Yeah. And it is such a big difference to, to your attitude in general, your happiness level, how successful you feel in the job that you're doing. And, and it's a really interesting like conversation piece to talk about, like that can affect you. Like not only your oh, boss, but other people in your it life. Does. Yeah. Like I, I've had some of, I've had what I consider to be some of the worst possible bosses you could have, you know, and I've is also it had, is it terrible? I'm laughing. No, okay. you're laughing because you've been there. You know? That's, That's right. why you're laughing. That's right. But, sure. it, but it's like, you know, waking up in the morning with that instant dread that I have to interact mm. with this person today versus waking up in the morning, having a good boss that you're like, man, I get to like hang out with this person today. Like, you can't put a price on it. Yeah. You literally cannot put a price on it. Like I think chasing goods management is like one of the best things you can do. I'm thinking back to cricket and, you know, we developed a really good connection with a friend of ours who was our supervisor, um, Brandon, mm -hmm. um, a little, little bit of a, a plug for Brandon Harris over here. Um, I remember asking him like, how did you learn to be so good? And he knew he was good, but he was so humble. Like he would never admit it, but he well, knew. Well, Nolan too. Yeah, and Nolan was great. Yeah, yeah Brandon and Nolan. And, I, and Nolan was never my supervisor, but I know I heard incredible things. And I just remember asking Brandon this because we were on that connection where we could talk about anything. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he's like, honestly, man, I feel like the only thing I ever try to focus on is that I am no better than them. I'm no better than anybody that I am supervising or in management of. I am literally no better. We're all equals. We just need to have a goal in mind, right? And I'm the person who just has to steer, but I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. And I felt like that put in perspective exactly what Mick was saying, where so many people will try to use that ego and say, well, I'm in, you know, like that Tom Hanks movie, I am the captain now, you know, like, <laughs> like um, Captain Phillips, um, where they, they say, well, I earned this position, so I'm going to tell you what to do, rather than saying, yeah, I earned this position. So let's go attack this goal. You know, right. very different mindset. Well, and I don't know if you've heard this and I, I might butcher this a little bit, but there was a, there was a 
a speaker at a conference who got up there to speak and he said, you know, you know, last year when I came here, I was the CEO of a company. So I got picked up from the airport by someone. I got driven in a limo. Someone took me to the hotel and they took my bags. They gave, they brought me coffee. You know, they brought me breakfast in the morning. You know, they brought me like a nice bottle of water before I came on stage. He's like, this year I had to get a cab. I had to pick, pick a hotel. I had to go there myself. You know, I had to check myself in. I had to go buy my own food. Here, I found a styrofoam cup in the back and got water myself. He's like, the, the styrofoam cup, he's like, everyone is the styrofoam cup. He's like, all that other stuff wasn't for me. It was for the, for the position I held. Mm. And so I think like, if you realize that I, it's not me, it's the position I hold. That's, what, that's what's prestigious. Mm. But once you leave that, you're no better than anyone else until someone else takes that position. And that's why it's like so important to focus more on the journey than, to, than the destination. Cause you never know if that destination is ever gonna leave or your, or your goal is going to change. Yeah. And you are still you, you're still that styrofoam right. cup, yeah. right? Like no matter, no matter what position you hold, no matter where you are in life, you're still that styrofoam cup and, and, and your position may be totally stripped from you. You and have then, to go get your what, own water. And then what do you have left? You know, if, if that was your everything, if, you're, if your goal is like, if I'm the CEO of this Fortune 500 company or whatever, you know, if that's what I get and I'm happy now, what do you have left when that's gone? Yeah. You know, then everything you built is just a house of straw and it's gone. You know, like build your happiness around the things that last, that fulfillment, like your, your values, like the people around you, those relationships that you have, like, your morals, those things are the things that it doesn't matter what job you have or how much you make or, you know, all those things, like all those things you, you have control over and you can keep those forever. Yeah. But if you put your happiness in something that's a variable, it can change. Well, let's take sports, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have plenty of athletes who abuse their, their financial position. Mm -hmm. You know, they spend so much money, they earned it, but they spend it kind of unwisely. And then you have people who I respect, one of them being Kevin Love, who's an NBA player, and another one being DeMar DeRozan. And the main reason I respect them is because they see money as financial freedom and that's it. They don't, what they really are focusing on is how do I fight my depression, my anxiety? These are the priorities in my life. Money does not take that away. Though I'm financially flexible, money does not buy you an emotion. It buys you physical things. It buys you things. It does not buy you an emotion that you can change. And so I listen to them when they talk. Kevin Love is extremely composed. He reminds me of you because of the way he addresses people. So empathetic. I don't, I don't have millions of dollars, but I'm empathizing with this man who does because I feel like what, some of his mindsets are very similar to mine. But we're, well, he doesn't feel like he's better than you exactly, because of his money. Exactly. Yeah. So we're living different lives, but we're putting ourselves on the same level of saying, Let's attack the emotions that we want to fix or the connections we want to make or the people we want to help. Let's do that rather than focus on, hey, look at this private jet I'm on. Look at this vacation I'm on. Like those things are cool. And I'm going to shout you out for doing that if you do it. You know, yeah. like that looks awesome. I'm not going to be like envious of that. But I think there's a lot of opportunity to focus on things that impact others and yourself way more than a day's worth of engagement on social media. True. True. Well, I think we're winding down here. Um, do you guys have any? We've covered a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I've enjoyed it. This is no, a good conversation. This was a I've fantastic been, conversation. I've enjoyed it a lot. I've learned a lot. I've learned a ton. Too. Seriously, just I, I mean, we've we've done this so many times. Just 
are without a mic. out without a mic, you know, that, that it's, it's so interesting. You can have these conversations over and over and over again, and you always learn something new. I am going to take away that from, from this conversation, that styrofoam cup and just like always thinking about, you know what, we're both just that dang styrofoam cup right that's now. That's what you deserve. You know, that's, you that's deserve exactly, a styrofoam cup. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I, I love that. I, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to seek to just view my life as the styrofoam cup that and everybody else is the same you know i guess if you know because i i'm a big believer in always leading like an invitation yeah so let's do it i feel like it at least from my point of view if there's an invitation figure out your own organic success you know don't worry and i know it's so much easier said than done but don't worry about your friends your family people close to you your social connections and what they're achieving and what they're doing because they're living different lives, they're living different emotions, they have different perspectives around them. So find your organic success and be proud of it, you know? Be proud of the, I, I always say the craft that you're making, you know? Be proud to master your own craft. So if I could leave an invitation, figure out what is it? You know, what is your success? And I think that's huge. Yeah, and not only that, but then set yourself up for that success and enjoy the process it takes to get there, you know? Because one day you'll hit it. And if that's all that you're focused on, then it, you're going to run out of, you know, you're not going to get fulfillment for very long. You'll be like, great, I graduated college and now I need a job. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then it's over, you know, what's next, you know? But if you set yourself up and like you were talking about, I think we all touched on it, like the process of changing and the process of growing and achieving, like that fulfillment, like find that fulfillment along the way, like enjoy the journey over the destination. Yeah. That's that's honestly what's going to bring you the happiness and you'll be happy when you hit that end goal, but you know, you, you gotta be chasing something and, and that process is, is what is really going to change you. It's almost like allow the end goal to be the cherry, you know, let, let everything else be the ice cream, but let the end goal be the cherry on top. Okay. I like that. <laughs> it's just the finishing touch. It's not, it's not the bulk of what you're enjoying because mm-hmm. you're enjoying the ice cream. Cause you're you enjoying- always eat the cherry. Well, I guess if you eat the cherry last, that's, that's <laughs> but I would say, I'd say the cherry just plays such like a, a, a it's, little, an accent. it's a little role, but it's such a, like a nice, you know, little touch. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the re- result should be. It should almost be, yeah, I kind of knew that was going to happen because I put in so much work, Yeah, you know, so I trusted that it was going to happen. It's not that you're being cocky or like self-indulgent or anything. It's just saying I worked for this. So that's not a surprise. Well, it's like Nick said, like you have to have the goal. You know, you, you can't grow without a goal, but if the goal is everything, then you won't grow. Yeah, totally. So yeah. I, I think, I think you put it best. Like you have to have the goal. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see your guys' journeys and, and I'm, I'm excited for all of, all of the audience to, to help them understand theirs. Yeah. You know? I yeah. agree. And I, you know, my goal is just to create an environment where like meaningful conversation can happen, whether it's something that's flippant and silly, like, you know, movies or hobbies versus something that's like real and vulnerable like some of the topics we've covered today so well and think about how incredible this podcast has been not only me being able to hear from you roger but having mick you know come completely different dynamic yeah you know and so i think a whether this continues to happen i think i know we'd want it to yeah, yeah. I, I hope mick would want to come back I'll, on I'll, I'll come on um, as many times as you want <laughs> but like we said earlier we'd love people hopping on who you know, are a little bit more deeper or more educated in this certain field, you know, somebody who could teach us more and more and more. I just love human interaction. I know you do. And I know you do. 
And so that invitation is also on the table. You know, if anybody ever is in Utah, you know, at least right or now. Or even Zoom. Or Zoom. Yeah, that's right. And just, the world is unlimited now. Yeah. Look at me. I'm sounding like an old man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, feel free to jump, you know, jump the gun and, you know, send us a direct message or, you know, just reach out and say, I'd love to talk. You know, I'd love to communicate and, you know, we'll set something up. Yeah, I think, I think selfishly i'm getting the most out of this you know? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that was so funny but it, it it's true you and know like i feel like i'm growing so much by just being here and like having this conversation like more than I, like you know there's like i guess the same thing goes with like if you're the teacher you get way more out of it than the student yeah you know and i kind of i'm not that i'm a teacher but i feel that way yeah you know like i'm the one who's like putting in the effort to like come here and show up and participate but i'm getting like so much more out of it than someone who's like casually listening and i think that's super cool i feel that yeah i think i probably will say once again selfishly that the three of us are getting way more out of this <laughs> oh, than anybody sure. else no yeah sure. but, and that's and that's fine you know because we we just love having a conversation well and even if someone listens to this however long it is hour-long podcast and they get one thing you know then it's worth it yeah. you know then i feel like if, if i can get you if I can bring you to a realization, not even through what I say, but maybe just spurring in your mind, like that thought process, like, I think that's a success, you know, for me, that's, that's the fulfillment. Well, I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate you guys having me on guys. Yeah. I appreciate everybody joining in on the, the Roger and Spencer podcast with our amazing guest, Mick Berger. I'm sure he'll be back, <laughs> he will, um, but joining us for, you know, episode two, talking about defining success. Uh, we'll be back again um, very soon. Yep. Uh, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yep. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one.